we know in your example, a manufacturing client or, or in the solar, but you know, any example, we know that they're not marketers. They're not salespeople, not marketers. They're good at what they do. We almost ask them to stay in their lane and worry about running the business and we'll worry about growing it. And they, they respect that and they say, yeah, that's why I called you in the first place. Hey, welcome to My Company Story. I'm your host, Don Burge. My Company Story is a podcast where I get to interview some of the most interesting business owners and CEOs about the challenges that they've faced and how they've overcome them. Enjoy the show. All right, hi, I'm here today with Matan Deningo. He is the CEO of WebNND. Uh, welcome to My Company Story, Matan. Hey, thanks, Don. Thanks for having me. Matan, uh, WebNND is a digital marketing and sales agency. They're based in Los Angeles, California, with offices in Dallas and New York City. They provide end-to-end -end marketing sales programs, marketing and sales programs, helping businesses grow while being more efficient. So, Matan, can you tell us a little bit more than what I just described about what you guys do? Sure thing, yeah. So, as you said, an, an agency that focuses both on, on marketing and on sales. Uh, so, we utilize tactics, technology, uh, as well as, of course, offer some services to just help businesses drive more to their bottom line. So we're not specific to any vertical per se. Um, we found some success, you know, over the years in uh, manufacturing and software, and online education, real estate as well, um, but not specific to any vertical. Great. And Matan, where, uh, how large is your team and uh, why offices in three locations? Tell me a little bit about how you're structured and what that's all about. Definitely. Yeah. There's nine of us total on the team. Offices are in three markets here in Los Angeles where I sit. And then we have space in Dallas as well as in New York City. Um, really the dynamic of, of what has happened, you know, these days and is more so about finding talent. And so for me, talent is the most important and they happen to be based in different locations. So opened up space where I found that talent in addition to where we think there's good potential for client. Yeah, that's great. That really does make sense because talent is so hard to find these days. And with technology, you don't need to be in the physical space as much anymore, do you? No, not at all. Now, Matan, tell me a little bit about how did, when did you start the company and what did you do leading up to that starting point? Yeah, sure thing. So agency is about 12 years old now. And really, like as a child, I was just super fascinated with computers and taking things apart and putting them back together. Um, I then kind of found a, a real obsession, if you will, with psychology and ultimately how humans consume information, specifically in the context of marketing. Um, educationally, my background's in marketing as well. Uh, and then after undergrad, I worked at a big data company and also in the hospitality in industry implementing marketing campaigns. So uh, about 12 years back, 2008, started this agency, really just me in my studio apartment as a consultant, working like anybody would with small businesses and clients you pick up along the way and really grew little by little from there uh, to where we are today. And it's, it's been tremendous year over year growth almost every year since inception. That's fantastic. Well, congratulations. That's not uh, easy to do. Yeah, thank you. Um, what what is it that differentiates you guys from your competitors? I mean, why 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 WebNND? I mean, what what what's what are you guys so why are you so special? Yep, yep, yeah. So the biggest thing in the agency world, what what I find, and is that a lot of people are vendors of specific services or tactics, and the the agency client relationship then really becomes just that. It's that vendor relationship, and we're not really interested in those types of relationships those types of clients just seeking, let's say, an SEO partner or, or a paid media partner. We do those components, if you will. And we, I think we do them quite well, but we really partner with clients to help them grow their businesses and solidify that relationship by being involved with them on multiple levels. So on the marketing piece with those kind of tactical um, 
elements, if you will, but also on the sales piece, on the service piece, and even helping businesses uh, improve their operations. That's fantastic. So uh, with the businesses that you've partnered with, uh, where have you seen them grow the most? So for, for specifically within the automation piece, like where, where they need help isn't so much in driving traffic, but what happens thereafter. And so we can get eyes on a brand, eyes on a business, but what do we do after they get there? How do we nurture them through that process and eventually get them into a sales opportunity? And that's, that's kind of what everybody wants is, is that nurtured and uh, almost ready to buy opportunity. That's a lot of what we, uh, what we focus on is bringing people through that whole funnel. So Matan, can you give us a specific example of, of a client you've worked with? And if you can name them, great. If not, just a generic name. But really, give it, walk us through something you did for somebody and how, what success they've seen specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I'll give you one example. Uh, the clients in, in the solar space, I won't name them specifically, but they sell uh, solar panels and solar systems, both residential and commercial applications. So this is a highly competitive space. There's you know, lots of providers of this. Um, but what, what we help them do is, yes, like I say, get uh, initial inquiries, eyes on the brand, people who are interested in potentially a system, but then really help drive people through the education needed to what comes in buying a solar system, then all the way through uh, a sales opportunity and training the sales team on how to do better at selling using tools and technology, all the way through finally you know, getting proposals out and helping them close revenue. Um, it's, it's been pretty tremendous in kind of how we've, we've seen it play out and uh, they've seen the results and found tons of efficiency uh, with our partnership. That's fantastic. So what, what is your target market? I mean, what types of firms are you guys, what's your sweet spot? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, in general, we say between two and 20 million in annual revenue, typically smaller teams. We like to work with small leadership teams. Maybe there's one or two people uh, who head up marketing and then a smaller sales team, two to 20 people in sales. Now, this doesn't have to be specifically business to business or, or direct to consumer, but we kind of bucket it as well as ideal client, if you will, into those two categories, like a B2B professional services or manufacturing type client or a direct to consumer brand. And we've worked across uh, fashion, skincare, hospitality, and, and others that sell direct to consumer. Great. Well, I think there are uh, quite a few of those types of individuals or business owners in the audience that's listening to this program. So uh, that's good to know that, that that's your sweet spot and where you can help them. Tell me a little bit of where does technology play? How important is that to WebIDND? And, and how do you incorporate technology into your marketing and sales in, uh, engagements? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, technology is huge. So ultimately, it allows marketers, salespeople to have pretty deep analytical insights and sell with less friction. So we implement technology into almost all our programs. We happen to be you know, completely platform agnostic. We do love the HubSpot tool set. We use it quite a bit uh, for ourselves and for clients. For those aren't, who aren't familiar, I mean, it's essentially the tools across marketing, sales, as well as service. And it enables clients to just do more and be more efficient. And for us, you know, we've kind of stuck to that platform as, as a, a pretty good partnership for us. So it's been game changing, but we do do uh, quite a bit with technology uh, across live chat and sales tools, again, just to build more efficiency into what our clients can do. Great. Now, Matan, I know that you know, you've been in this, uh, you've said 12 years now plus, and uh, there have been so many changes in, in your industry and what's going on out there as so many other industries. But if you could look, take a crystal ball and take a look into the future of, say, three to five years, where do you see your industry going and where, what kind of trends do you see coming down the line? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Gr- great question. I think about this all the time. I mean, the two that come to mind are much deeper use of this marketing automation and what could be done with that. 
And the other is this concept, pretty new concept, but this concept of frictionless selling. And so automation of more marketing activities, essentially, so that humans can spend their time doing more impactful activities. They don't need to do the activities that can be done and built by a system. An example, email marketing, or if somebody downloads something from the website, sending follow-up emails and collateral, that could all be done with tech. Um, so ultimately, the way that people, as we, you know, the way we buy now has changed. And so we can automate that even more. So deeper marketing automation is one I think that's going to continue to explode. Um, and the other is that frictionless selling. And so what is that? Uh, you know, again, the way people buy has really changed now more than ever. It's not about like what you sell, it's how you sell it. And so a business with the least amount of friction, in my opinion, wins that sale. And so this concept of frictionless selling is just a way of rethinking sales to effectively reduce friction, create more convenient experiences for both sides, buyers and sellers. And all this is going to do is enable, you know, the team or our clients to spend, again, more time selling and less time with all the back and forth that goes into a traditional sales process. So tell us, if you can, about how, how does that look in that solar panel company that you told, talked about earlier? Where does that system, uh, does it replace what's going on there right now or augment what's going on? Or how does it integrate with their marketing and sales uh, staff that's already in existence? Yeah, that's a where we come in quite a bit is more augmenting it so we don't want to come in and replace people even though to some extent that's that's happened where you know owners realize uh clients that is the owners realize well why do we have a sales team if we could implement technology and maybe do the same output with only four people that right. has happened that's not our intention though our intention is to go look at what is the sales process you know really dive in evaluate it do an assessment of that and then implement tools technology as well as think about uh, kind of a deep understanding of each step or each deal stage in the sales process so that we can inject some automation. I mean, it just makes their lives easier. So salespeople love us actually. Yeah. And what we're, what we're ultimately doing too, Don, is, is uh, kind of reducing, if you will, the traditional friction, if you will, between marketing and sales departments. I mean, they're ever more intertwined than ever before. Yeah, they sure are. And, and there is sometimes there is friction in some organizations between the two. And really, whatever you can do to bridge that gap and really move the ball forward for the whole organization is the end goal mm -hmm. anyway. Sure, absolutely. So tell me a little bit. I know you have a, a product. I think it's called Growth Stack. What is the uh, WebID Growth Stack? Tell us about that. And what would it do for a, a business if, uh, you know, for, your, for your customers? Uh, yep, absolutely. So a Growth Stack is our flagship kind of offering. It's this end-to-end -end solution. It covers from when you first land on a website or on a brand, the messaging and positioning of that business. We then focus on driving traffic, getting eyeballs uh, you know, on, on the business itself, all the inbound marketing or traditional kind of mid-funnel activities, followed by you know, qualifying a lead and, and then helping with the sales or sales enablement. I mean, it's, as I look at it, it's this full kind of cyclical experience from somebody landing on the site, experiencing the brand, all the way through selling them and even servicing them thereafter. So it's, it's, it's quite the offering, uh, even for people to digest what it is and how it could transform their business. I mean, they, they really look at it as this outsourced CMO, if you will, with a VP of sales, with this execution team. I mean, we present it as that. Uh, and on my side, it really is just that. It's a seven-person team uh, that's involved in any client, you know, growth stack client engagement. And the approximate cost of that is equivalent to one or two in-house employees. That's fantastic. That's great. That's a great offering. It's a great, it's great something to get your hands wrapped around on that. Mm -hmm. um, Tom, can we pivot a little bit here on the interview? And I'd like to talk or have you address the other business owners or CEOs who might be listening to this program 
and tell us a little bit about some of the challenges that you have faced in your 12-year career uh, with, uh, with your firm and how you've overcome some of those challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So in the, you know, in the agency world, client retention is everything. And so what we found in our earlier years that as an agency, if we were just offering those kind of tactical SEO, pay-per-click, uh, website development type services uh, that many do, those don't always translate to like bottom line dollars for clients. So we had this issue uh, and what we were doing is we we're generating fantastic results by doing those pieces, but that still wouldn't convert to dollars. And at the end, the finger got pointed at us, right? And they say, well, it didn't work. It must be the, the agency's uh, fault. And ultimately our client retention rate would not be, wasn't that strong. So this led us to exploring like, all right, we need to focus with these businesses on what happens after we drive traffic, kind of the middle of the funnel. Mm-hmm. do what's traditionally known as inbound marketing. So mm-hmm. content marketing, marketing automation, creating assets and downloadable material. That's important. And a lot of agencies do just that piece as well, kind of in this inbound ecosystem, if you will. But we wanted to take it a step further and help organizations also turn those MQLs or marketing qualified leads, as they're called, into sales opportunities and even further into dollars, into revenue. Mm-hmm. And this is where this kind of growth stack piece was born. So that end-to-end solution is, you know, ultimately changed our business, skyrocketed retention. And I, I think, you know, partners look at us um, now, clients that is truly as that partnership and not just as a vendor of services. Um, so that was a, a huge challenge that we faced really for half our existence. And yeah, in the I, last four or five years, I mean, it's, uh, it's really skyrocketed. I can understand that because it, it does make sense. I mean, I can think of hundreds or thousands of, of firms that are out there. Someone hangs up a shingle and says, hey, I'm, I can build your website. I can do uh, AdWords for you. I can do SEO for you. And, you know, there's all these firms out there, but really to differentiate yourself and really provide the business owner. I mean, I've, I've bought, oh, I've probably had three or four different websites and marketing things in my career with my companies that I've had in the past and, and many of the clients I deal with now, everyone's got something going on. And, and I think you're, you're, you're smart in the, in the sense that you've identified that you need to close the loop and really put dollars in the pocket of the owner because that's ultimately what they're looking for. And then how that's you what do they that. care about. Yeah, that's market. what they care about. Yeah, that's and, what they care about. Yeah. yeah. And, and we know that and we go into the engagement with that. And, and like I said, that's where this growth stack was born out of. I don't think it's a, it's a genius solution. I think it's a, it's a solution though that touches on from the top through dollars. And, and that's something that people are always interested in listening to. Now, this may be a loaded question, but how soon can an owner, once you implement something with them, how soon will they see results that are uh, actual dollars, uh, real, real dollar, new dollars coming in because of your efforts? I mean, how long does it usually take? Yep. Yeah. That's a great question. And I get asked that all the time. I mean, our engagements as they are, at least contractually are a year long. That being said though, what I do is, is traditionally I flip it on its head, meaning I start looking at their sales process because that's the lowest hanging fruit. And if we can optimize things that they're already doing, because they're doing something, they're, they're running a business. If we can optimize that sales process and, and just improve and, and get more at that bottom of the funnel first, we look at that right away. And in the meantime, the other things are kind of brewing in the background, the, the organic search, the paid media, the content development, the assets and so on. And that just drives more to the top of the funnel. And now you've really built a machine that starts cranking. So we look at that first piece, the sales piece, and optimize that within the first 30, 60 days of the engagement. And many of our clients, after two months, three months, we're looking at these things and they're already happy with the results. And I say, well, we haven't even really started pumping too much more into the top just yet. Right. Um, and then things really get cranking. And a year into it, we've seen, uh, you know, we're, we're looking back on this and we're seeing, you know, um, multiples in terms of uh, their investment. 
That's great because I know a lot of business owners. You know, they're they have not, they don't know anything about marketing, and they're they're good at making widgets and and building things and having a factory, and marketing is a byproduct or it's an afterthought. And so they're looking at it like like investing into a machine. This machine is going to cost me hundred thousand dollars. What's my return on that investment going to be? And so they may be looking at your services the same way, saying. I'm going to spend a hundred thousand dollars. When am I going to get my money back and how's it going to come? And, and that's the, that's what you need to answer to those guys. I, I suppose it sounds like. Oh, absolutely. And I asked them to look at it just like that. Uh, don't look at this as that vendor of services where you have to do other pieces. We want to come in and create a little bit of mess internally because we want to understand what's really causing uh, the sales either to go all the way through close or not. And, and, you know, as I said, in, in kind of the challenge that we faced, we realized sometimes it wasn't us. Uh, we were doing our part, showing fantastic results, but yet still kind of losing the engagement because, let's say, the internal marketing team or the sales folks weren't doing their part. Um, so we, we kind of say that openly out the gate and say, let's have a conversation about growing your business and what that looks like. And many of the engagements that I propose, I do a reverse kind of proposal, if you will, where I, it's value-based. Um, and, and ultimately, let's say there's a million-dollar business done and they want to grow by 200 or 250 k Right. What I'll do is I'll say, well, what does it take to grow that quarter million dollars, for example? Let's reverse that out. Let's look at what you sell. Let's look at margins. And let's actually put together a proper budget and let me build the plan against that budget because I know you want to grow by a quarter million. I mean, that's, that's the, the ultimate goal. And so when, when you do things like that, it's people, people can really digest that. Yeah, I think that's wise to do it that way. But I, I imagine the other problem that you might run into is that you're talking to an owner of a company. Again, let's just use a manufacturing company of solar panels or widgets or something. And that guy is just running his factory and he's used to running things. And he just wants to hire out you to make my sales go up. But do you have demands on him that say, well, I need to have uh, uh, newsletters written or I need to have some content or I need to get this from you or that from you. I mean, is there, does that ever roadblock what you're trying to achieve? It, it doesn't. And, and we ran into that roadblock heavily, but the, re, the way that we got around that was that we end up providing that. We know, in your example, a manufacturing client or, or in the solar, but you know, any example, we know that they're not marketers. They're not salespeople, not marketers. They're good at what they do. We almost ask them to stay in their lane and worry about running the business and we'll worry about growing it. Right. That's and so, great. yeah. And, and, and they, they respect that and they say, yeah, that's why I called you in the first place. Yeah. Um, and so I think it, it naturally leads into a place where trust is built over time and so on, but they, they really don't want to do the pieces that we do. Yeah, no, that's good. I'm glad to hear that. Cause I, I have found that to be the case many times, many customers I've dealt with that they're just too busy running. Like you said, they're in their own lane and they want to hire this out to somebody and uh, you do it. You know, I can't, I don't have the time for this. I'm hiring you. That's, that's just good. It. So much. What about, are there any other challenges that you can think of that you've had to face or you've had to pivot your company? in a different direction over the past uh, dozen years? Yeah, I mean, talent is, is another one that comes to mind. Uh, and the reason why we had multiple offices and ended up expanding, I'd like to have a place. I'd, I'd love to have the whole team here every day. Uh, it would create culture. You know, it, it's something I've always dreamt of. I think it's nice. But when you, when you, there's a shortage of talent to some extent. And I also am pretty particular about the people that I have on the team. And so for me, you know, I, I don't know if you would call it a challenge, but there's just a kind of general challenge, if you will, of there's lots of talent out there. I don't think there's a lot of good talent. Uh, and so that's something that um, I've always made, been pretty particular on finding good folks. And for that reason, you know, have expanded maybe, maybe for the better. Uh, and so it allows me actually to, to have presence, even physical presence. We have offices in the other two markets, Dallas and New York. And and we have clients in both of those markets as well. So I, I think it, you know, it's, it's been overall very positive. 
So how do you do that then? I mean, you've got, you've got, you have a need for very talented people and they can be anywhere in the country or the world for that matter. How do you go about finding them or how do they find you? What's the, is there any one magic bullet or a, a series of things or what, what, what advice would you have for others that have that same issue? Yep. I, I don't have the magic bullet. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have a constant open enrollment, if you will. So even a few people on the team have said, Hey, I'm, you know, join the team and this is my role, but yet it's still open, uh, you know, and available on the website. I'm always entertaining career submissions, um, always have a Rolodex or a backstock. People in, in our space to move around. Um, I mean, I've had uh, definitely uh, people have stuck you know, here for some years and that's uh, fantastic, but I always uh, have an open enrollment and I, and I really encourage people to do that as well. Great. Oh, so what does it look like an open enrollment? What do you mean uh, specifically? What does that mean? So, yeah, so the, the main positions that I know are ones that we'll need either today or in our kind of in the future, in the near future for us to grow. I always have those available and people can apply to them. Um, and, I, and I accept and consider our career applications and that pipeline for talent acquisition just, just as I'm just as scrutinous on that as I am with new business and business development. So I'm always looking at talent, moving them along, keeping the conversation open, even to reaching out to people who I know are happy in their roles but saying, hold on, let, let's have a conversation here and keep up with what we're doing here at WebMD. And, and maybe six months, a year, two years from now, you know, you may be looking for another opportunity and then we may cross paths again. I see. So you always have an application or you always have a job posted online. Is, I take it it's online. Is that where you, you're using different services that are out there, or the common ones and having your uh, posting up there all the time, even though you've got someone very, very good working for you right now and maybe in Dallas or New York and he's doing a great job, but there's a job posting for his job up on your website. Is that what I hear? Yeah, it's up on our website. And, and, and I've talked to the team openly about this. It's not to try to put pressure on them, like perform or, you know, or you'll be out. Not at all, but it does create some sense of competitiveness. And for that reason, I think it's elevated the game of the people who are on the team. And, and they've, you know, we have, folks who have been with me for five, six, seven years. And, and like that's somewhat unheard of in, in the agency world. So I, I want to keep people. Uh, I want uh, individuals on the team to grow definitely with us as we grow. That's, that's fantastic. But knowing that there's always other folks that could join the team as we continue to grow is kind of the objective. Yeah, that's great business advice. I think that's very well said because today's market, you know, in every industry, I mean, folks who are really good, they, 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 they need a culture. They need to be feel valued by their employers. But, you know, there are other things that come in their life and maybe looking around and, and it's always good to keep an open channel of, of uh, looking for looking for people all the time. That's just it. Good advice. Um, what other lessons would you like to pass along to the other business owners that might be listening? Yeah, I mean, I look at things um, in a way where a lot of people don't measure what they're doing. And so, yes, you can have the strategy, you can have systems and processes down. And I suggest you have those three, but don't forget about the kind of this fourth pillar that a lot of people forget or some type of closed loop to what you're doing and then using the results of that to start back up top again, reinventing the strategy. That's an ongoing piece. It's very iterative. Don't be scared to deploy and test things over time. I mean, that, that's, that's how you uh, continue to grow. There is no magic formula. People ask us about this growth stack or about what do you do differently with paid media? I think we're very good and um, that's, you know, we'll leave it at that. I think we're very good at it. But that doesn't mean that there's some secret sauce. You have to continue to uh, put new strategy out, implement it, track it, and then uh, be agile in your, um, in your updates to that over time. 
Yeah, that's good advice. I think there was a Jim Collins I heard speak recently about the uh, flywheel. Uh, and I think it sounds very similar to that, that you're working on a continuous improvement at different aspects of your business. And once you're finished with one, move on to the next and the next, and then keep on going again. And it keeps things moving forward. It, surely. Yeah. And, and to that flywheel point, it's, you know, this idea of a, of a traditional funnel, if you will, right, where leads come up top and opportunities all the way through closed deals that, that still exists. Yes. Mm-hmm. But the flywheel approach and a lot of what brands and even um, business to business type uh, organizations are doing is they're focusing on post sale marketing and post sale sales. So once the sale is made, uh, I say that's half the battle, keeping clients happy, creating retention programs or refer a friend program. So that's part of the flywheel to then use your customers as kind of advocates or cheerleaders for your business. They, they could be a tremendous uh, asset to you, to your business in terms of bringing in even more business. Yep. Yep. You bet. No, well said. That's very true. And uh, yeah, getting a new customer is just a, a tip of the iceberg. It's really retaining those guys and getting referrals is what almost everyone lives on referrals and, and it, as it should be the best way to sure. go. Yeah. The strongest, the strongest piece of business is always a referral. That's right. So Matan, what, uh, before we wrap up and I'll, I'll ask uh, you to tell us how to get a hold of you, but really go over again, who is the ideal customer? If you could describe what you're looking for, for a customer of yours, who would that be? What would that look like? Yeah. So as I, as I put the two buckets before business to business, we focus a lot in that space, older school businesses, like, like you gave a couple examples. I asked that they focus on running their manufacturing business. They, they, they do what they do in professional services. Focus on that. Allow us to build programs that will help grow and market scale your business. Great. Focus if, on, doing, on doing that piece. And if someone listening is, uh, would want to get to hold of you, what's the best way to reach you? Oh yeah. Uh, old school, traditional email always works. I respond to everything. I'm a zero kind of inbox guy every evening. Just hello, H-E-L-L-O at webitmd, webitmd.com is, is great. Uh, or I'm super active on LinkedIn, just at Matan Danino. Um, you'll find me on LinkedIn and feel free to shoot me a message. Matan, you cracked me up by saying that email is old school. I'm really aging myself out now. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't think letters were old school anymore. And now, you know, writing a letter is old school, but not email. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I, it's so funny. We talk about it all the time. Everyone wants this kind of instant gratification and, you know, Slack and other chat, you know, applications are firing all day on my computer. But email, I still like allow me to breathe and respond. But yeah, it's um, some people are even getting away from it on the sales side. We encourage that sometimes to get away from selling via email, but I could still be reached via email and I prefer. <laughs> All right. If you really want to stand out there, drop me a letter with a post stamp on it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be different. <laughs> yeah, it would be. All right. Hey, thank you so much for being on the show. You've been a great guest and uh, I really uh, like to stay in touch with you and the, and the best of luck going forward. Sure thing, Don. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening to My Company Story. We have new episodes coming out every week, so please subscribe if you like this. And if you'd like to hear previous episodes, you can go to mycompanystory.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Also, if you or someone you know would be interested in coming on the show, please email me at don at Thanks for listening.